thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome today to Jesus the Healer. We are so glad that you have joined us and we've been ministering and teaching on the subject of praise and worship. And I tell you what, we're finding out all that's connected to it because there's more connected to it many times than what we realized. We have been uh, taking Brother Copeland's statement that he made. That's kind of been our jumping off point when he said, when we pray, we lay hold of things. But when we praise, we win battles. Amen. I was, uh, I was saying, I wish I would have heard that years ago when I was at so much difficulties in the face of different tests, if I would have realized the place that praise and worship held in our victory, that I would have gotten out a lot, a lot of tests a lot quicker than I did. And so we want to emphasize that and we want to bring to you some other things that God has been talking to us about, about this flow of praise and worship. Um, we've been quoting something that God said to Brother Norval Hayes. Now, Brother Norval was a minister who preached on faith. He preached on healing, but he also had an emphasis on the flow of worship in a life of faith. Yeah. And so we, uh, we're looking at some of the things that God said to him because although Brother Norval Hayes, who was a precious minister of God, he, uh, he's moved to heaven right now. But the revelations God gave him, God wants us to hold fast to those. And it's our privilege to do that, to not let those things slip from us. Amen. So I want to read to you something that God said to Brother Norville. He said this. He said, my children basically love me, but they live in poverty and sickness and defeat. Now listen to this. He said, they don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me enough. Now, we have to understand what God means by that is when he's talking about they don't worship me enough, he doesn't mean they don't worship me enough to earn something. It's not about worshiping a length of time that will earn something from God. It's not about earning it. But basically saying it this way, they don't worship me long enough for the anointing to come into manifestation and for that anointing to destroy the yoke. Amen. So we have to understand that rightly because when you say this phrase or people hear this phrase because they don't worship me enough, they can many times get the idea that we have to earn something with our worship. And that's not true. Worshiping long enough puts us in a place as well. It puts us in a place of the spirit. It puts us in a place of receiving because it causes our attention to go to God and off of our problem. Yes. And how many of you know when your eyes are on your problem, your attention's on your problem, your focus is on your problem, you know what happens to your problem? It grows because you're feeding it with your attention. Do you know that tests 
thrive and are nourished by attention. And if they don't get our attention, they starve. (laughs) We want to starve our needs. I, I used to... That make, well, you think of this. Dr. Saul was just thinking of this because he used to sign off on all his television broadcasts, starve your doubts and feed your faith. Amen. Amen. And uh, so exactly your tests, your opposition, symptoms, lack, all of those things thrive on attention. Mm -hmm. And if they can't get recognition, they cannot get momentum. That's good in our life. And so we want to stop their momentum. Amen. And that is by putting our attention on the right thing and speaking right words. So again, I want to read what God said to brother Norville. He said, my children basically love me, but they live in poverty and sickness and defeat. They don't live in heaven's blessings because now listen, there's a cause if we're not living in heaven's blessings because they belong to us. So when you see the word because, it's telling you a cause of why people are not experiencing what Jesus provided for us. And he says they don't live in heaven's blessings because, and here's the cause, Mm -hmm. they don't worship me long enough for the anointing to come in manifestation and destroy the oak. Amen. And then God went on to say this to Brother Norval. He said, your teaching faith and confession You're praying for the sick. Now, how many of you know those are right things? Teach faith, teach Mm -hmm. confession, pray for the sick. And he said, but you need to worship me more and you need to teach my people to worship me more. Why? The amount of attention that we give to God in worship and praise matters. Not because God needs it, but because we need it to get past things that try to hinder us. He said, you need to teach my people to worship me more. Now listen to this. You have to teach people. Teach people what Bible worship is. Not what they think worship is, but what does the Bible call worship? And we have to be taught. So he said... uh, You need to teach my people to worship me more. I'm their God and they're my children. If you'll teach my children to worship me more, I will do great and mighty things for them. Okay, now look at that last statement. If you'll teach my children to worship me more, I will do great and mighty things for them. Who's the them? The them that worship. The them that worship. So, Going back to this phrase that God said, uh, teach my children, my people to worship me more. Why does he say that? Because when opposition comes, so many people, our first response is to, is to uh, our attention to go to worry, mm. our attention to go to fear, our attention to go to doubt, our attention to go to what we feel. We have to be taught to do something else in the face of what we That's feel. Good. We have to be taught yes. because if we're untaught, we just do what we feel. Right. And so we have, to, we have to teach to get past the feelings. Don't follow your feelings. <laughs> your feelings will not arrive you at the right place always. And so he said, you have to teach my people to worship me more. Why? Because he's training us in our response. Yes. How do we respond in the face of opposition? How do we respond in the face of need? Now, I've certainly never been in the military, but if you've ever watched any kind of movies or television about military, you'll see. And of course, I've heard 
talk about different ones who enlisted. And the first thing that they do with these new recruits in the military is they take them out walking. Uh-huh. And they get them walking in unity together. Mm-hmm. Left, right, left, right. right. And you know, these people that are, they're, they're just newly enlisted. They've been walking most of their life. So why are, the, why are their commanding officers taking them out and getting them to do what they've already been doing most of their life? Because before they got in the military, their walking was in line with what they wanted. But now that they belong to this military service and they have a commanding officer, now he's got to reteach them. Do what you've been doing, but under my command, not under your command. Because in a time of facing the enemy, you're going to need to recognize my voice and know what to do at a time of command so that you don't go and do the wrong thing and put yourself in jeopardy. You have to learn under pressure to do the right thing. That's why, this is why God said to Brother Norval, he said, you have to teach my people to worship me. You say, well, I've been worshiping. Yes, but we have to be trained to worship, hold our attention on the right thing when everything is trying to get our attention off of what God has said belongs to us. Amen. You don't arrive at victory without being trained and taught. You just don't. So we must train ourselves that worship is the proper response of faith. Mm -hmm. Now listen to that. Worship is a proper response of faith because uh, worship and praising God is an act of faith. Now get that. That's one way we release our faith through praise and worship. Mm -hmm. So we have to be trained that that's the proper response of faith. The response of faith is not, oh, I've got faith. That's not the response of faith (laughs) to say, well, you know, I hear the word. I believe what God says. That is still not the expression of faith. Faith that you possess must be spent. It must be used. Worship and praise is one of the primary ways that we put our faith in action. And so we have to be taught that in a time of opposition, a time of need, that we don't flip back to the natural and just go to worry, Mm -hmm. go to fear, go to panic. Because I tell you what, when there's opposition, the mind can feel things, the body can feel things, and you have to have some training in place to hold you doing the right flow when you feel the wrong flow. Amen. 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 The renewed mind will respond with, with worship when the response of others have been worry. Mm. Wow. That's good. Yeah. Have you ever talked to somebody, maybe a family member calls and they're telling you about a certain crisis or mm-hmm. difficulty that's arisen in the family and they're calling you all panicked? Yeah. If you're not careful, Come you'll on. step into their flow. Right. Yeah. Whether you, I mean, I'm talking born again. Sure. If you, if we don't have our minds renewed, we will step into the flow of what's talking to us. So we have to be taught. We have to be trained. What is the proper response, even though others may not be in that response? You have to recognize the proper response and do it. And worship is the proper response in the face of adversity. When my husband went home to be with the Lord unexpectedly, I did not just start pulling out my Bible and I'm not diminishing my Bible, believe me. But at a time like that was a time for me to start doing something. I had to start doing what I had been taught. 
That's not the time I'm searching to find what to do. At, for me, I had, uh, I have the word in me, just like you do. You have the word in you, most, much, many of you. But I knew this, that this called for me to do something. Um, you think about when God led his people to the Red Sea. Their toes get all the way up to that Red Sea. Uh, they've got a mountain range on each side. They've got a mad enemy army with dead firstborn coming after them. And they've got a sea in front of them. And God led them there. God led them to that place. Why? Because he already had their victory mapped out. And they had to get to the place that he mapped out for their victory. So they got there. And you know what happened? Moses started praying. And God stopped him. Prayer is right, sure. mm-hmm. but at, there's a time to pray, then there's a time to act. Amen. And he told him, why are you talking to me or praying to me? Yeah. Stretch forth your rod. Yeah. It's time to act. Yeah. You have to be taught in the face of opposition. That's not the time to start That's always right. study, study, right. study. It's time to act on the faith that yes. is in you yes. Yes. so that you don't give the enemy an, an advantage of time. Right. Because the time you take in delaying to act, he's already moving forward. That's good. That's right. And so we have to make sure we're not giving him time that belongs to our actions mm-hmm. and yeah. giving it to the enemy's actions. Right. Right. So that's what I'm talking about. When I had the report that my husband had, had died unexpectedly, that was not the time I started getting my Bible and started studying. Right. That's the time I have to start saying some yes. things. I have to start right. releasing my faith. Right. Why? To set the right flow in motion because the wrong flow was all around. Right. The, the wrong report was all around. The negative things were all around and I had to put the right thing in place. That's good. That's right. You want to know the first thing I did when I started? And once I I was talking to my family and once they all left, you know what I started doing? Worshiping. Amen. How did I know to do that? I was taught. Amen. That's right. That's why we're teaching you. The proper response to crisis, the proper response to emergency is get your attention. Amen on the help, the deliverer, the healer, the victor himself. Amen. It matters where you set your attention when emergencies of life show up. And uh, let me tell you something. Having faith does not dismiss you from opposition. That's right. (laughs) You're going to have opposition, but you had to be trained and taught what is the proper response of faith in the face of opposition. And no wonder God said to Brother Norval Hayes, if you'll teach my people to worship me, teach them that that is faith's response in the face of opposition. Because so many people, they just think the proper response is crying. They think it just fall apart. Just, you know, just fall like a rag on the floor, just in a, in a puddle. (laughs) There are times you may feel like that, but that won't, that won't end you up anywhere. I so appreciate that my mother, I, you know, I tell lots of stories about being raised because, I, you know, my mama raised me, my dad raised me, but my mother was the primary disciplinarian instruct, instruction figure in the life of us four kids. I, one of the things I value is that my mother did not appreciate crying. I'm not saying it's wrong to cry. I'm saying that when, when an emergency of life calls for action, crying is not it. Amen. Falling apart is not it. (laughs) 
And even if you feel like crying, because there have been times something happens and tears roll down your face, still put some actions of faith right in place. I'm not saying and making light of what people face. I'm saying that if tears are rolling down your face, start releasing your faith. Amen. Amen. And my mother, (laughs) you know, if she spanked us, and we'd start crying. She said, stop that crying. Stop that. I mean, she did not let us yield to right. and give in to a flow that wasn't going to help us. And I, I so love this. And I've said this to my grandkids. You're going to start crying. You're going to give yourself a headache. <laughs> That's what my mother said. You end up crying. All you do is now is you got a headache on top of your problem. Right. So don't even go to that crying business, Amen. trying to get sympathy, That's trying right. to make That's things right. work through crying. Yeah. Amen. Crying doesn't fix things. No, it doesn't. You know, I'm not saying that you can't be, you, you can't be uh, heartfelt towards something. And, I'm, you know, we're not machines. Right. We may weep at a time, but tears still don't fix yeah. things. Right. Faith in God Amen. is what makes the difference. Amen. 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 So I so appreciate my mama saying, don't be crying because right. when you're done, you still got the problem plus a headache. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's now, when my husband went home to be with the Lord for weeks and weeks and weeks, I did not try to fix things. I just worshiped. Mm, so Praise good. God. So good. Why? I got in the place where all my answers yeah. flow from. Amen. I connected to my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kept my attention and my focus on God. I so, I so appreciate, I was reading this again, I think just yesterday, something that Brother Copeland called me uh, just a short time the same day after my husband went home to be with the Lord. And he said, Nancy, he said, you don't have to do anything but lay back and rest on Jesus and let him handle everything. Now, I knew what he meant. There were still some things I had to tend to. He's, I understood what he meant. He meant you're not going to fix this and tend to it by getting in the mental arena and getting troubled by it. You're going to rest back. Do you know that when you're worshiping, you're reclining? You're reclining on the Father. You're reclining on the power of God. You're reclining on Jesus. That's the position uh, that faith will put you in, that you're resting in God. Uh, When you're resting in God, you're not inactive. You don't just let things be neglected. You do what faith would do in that place. And worship is what is going to be so key to help keeping your life, your tongue, and your attention focused on the greater one. Amen. Amen. So that's what I did for weeks. I just worshiped God. I didn't think about, oh, my husband's not here. Mm -hmm. I would not let my mind go there because thinking about that was not going to rob me at peace. Amen. Did you wish he was here? Certainly Mm -hmm. I did. But I just knew this. If I took the wrong approach, it would not arrive me at the right place. That's right. That is right. So I just said, Father, I thank you for those uh, almost 30 years Mm -hmm. that I turned the page. Mm -hmm. I don't try to live on a page that is no longer being written on. That's good. And I said, I just turned the page. I'm not going to wait till next week to turn the page. I'm not going to wait till next month to turn the page. Why? Because I'm not getting in my emotions. I'm I'm connecting to my heart. Amen. In the flow of faith, we just move forward. We just move forward. Then we don't lose momentum of faith. So I worship God. I would not let my mind just think about, oh, he's not here. He's not here. The way I honored my husband Mm -hmm. was to do what he taught. 
do the word he taught. Mm -hmm. Live the message that he yeah. preached. That's the way to honor. Amen. Way. Amen. And uh, in my worship, answers came. In my worship, I heard what I needed to do next. That's what Brother Copeland meant when he said, just lie back and recline and rest on Jesus. Let him do the work. Yeah. He did do the work. He did the work of guiding. Mm -hmm. He did the work of directing. And then all I did was act out what the work that he directed me in. Yeah. And it turned a difficult time easier. Amen. Amen. I tell you what, the right response has yes. to be taught. Yes. And the right response has to be learned. Yes. I said it has to be learned. Yes. Now, we have to remember this. Jesus won our victory. That's right. So in the face of opposition, we're not fighting the devil. Amen. Never enter into any conflict with the enemy That's thinking right. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to win. That's right. And it's not any time also of thinking uh, I'm trying to hold out against the devil. Right. No, he's got to hold out against That's you. Right. You're the one with the victory. That's he's right. the one trying to get what yeah. you got. Amen. You're the possessor of the victory, right. not him. Yeah. Right. Amen. Yeah. And so we realize that we're not fighting the enemy. We're occupying the victory that's already been won for us. We are not of the first forces that go in and fight. We're of the occupying army that is taking and maintaining the ground that's already been taken for us. Amen. The enemy tries to sway us off of our victory ground. Well, I want you to understand that the flow of praise and worship will anchor you on the victory ground and you will not be swayed Amen. by what you feel, by what you hear, by what opposes right. you. Yeah. Praising and worshiping helps you to stand strong yes. so that you don't back up, That's right. so that you don't go a different direction other than the direction God's leading yeah. you. Yeah. Amen. 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 Praising holds us strong and anchors us. Yes. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I love this last phrase. Now listen again to what God said to Brother Norval. If you'll teach my children to worship me more. Mm -hmm. So if we can worship more, we can worship less, right? right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we can measure to our own life more worship. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you'll teach my children to worship me more, I will do great and mighty yeah. things for them. So we're the ones who measure yeah. how many great and mighty things God can do for us. Right. That's right. It's yeah. through yeah. the measure of worship uh -huh. that we give. Yeah. If the only time people worship God is during the song service mm -hmm. at a church service, well, that's a good time to worship. But that's only to set the example of what our life should look like. Yeah. That we learn that this is not just the flow for church. This is the flow for my life. And you start getting in that flow and you stay in that flow because the more we worship, the more we're able to receive of great and mighty things. So if great and mighty things aren't happening to our life, speed up the worship, increase the worship. What's that going to do? That's going to, that's going to increase the, the measure of faith you're releasing. Why? Because worshiping God is an act of faith. And the more faith we release, 
the more power will meet our faith. If we release a little bit of faith, we get a little bit of power. But if we receive, if we release a lot of faith, we get a greater flow of power. So how much power that flows in our life is not determined by God. Now, don't misunderstand me. He's the source of power. But he has made his power available to us. And we're the ones that are going to measure the degree of power that flows to us. So we could say this, if we get behind in our worship, we'll get behind in the flow of power. I've been behind in the flow of power before. Have you? Have your finances reflected that or your health reflected that you were behind in the receiving of God's power? Well, if we're behind, we can catch up. Have you ever been behind in school? Remember in school you get behind? I kind of lived behind. You know, it's just like, I just lived doing as little as I could. Bad habit. But... I would get behind, and you know what? I could catch up, but I had to put great effort forth to catch up. Sometimes I had to miss some sleep to study a little bit longer. Why? Because I'm trying to catch up. Uh, Did you ever get behind financially? Yeah? Uh, If you get behind financially, you're going to have to release some more faith. You're going to have to get more active. You're going to have to maybe consider, okay, I can't be, you know, spending everything on this, on this fun time recreation over here. I do have some things over here I'm responsible for. And so you get, you, you redirect things to catch up. That's how you catch up in any arena. You redirect what you're doing. You redirect your attention. Well, even so you can get behind in your worship. If you get behind, you can catch up. What you're going to have to do, you're going to have to redirect your time. You're going to have to redirect your attention. There was a a, a particular test I was going through years and years ago. And I tell you what, I had spent hours praying in the Holy Ghost. I had spent hours studying the Word. I spent much time confessing. And uh, after a long period of time, nothing was changing. And I recognize, listen, you need to pay attention. Well, there is a stand of faith, but if you're recognizing that there's no advancement being made at some measure, be, be sober about that. What do, I need to, what do I need to correct? What do I need to change? And I said to God, I said, God, I'm doing all I know to do. Um, sometimes you just don't know enough. I realize that. And that's why not, not enough is happening. But I said, um, I'm doing all I know to do. And on the inside, real quiet, I heard this, the praise cure. Those three words, the praise cure. And when he said that, I go, yep, I've been, I've been confessing. I've been studying. I've been praying in the Holy Ghost. But I had left out this vital flow. And my studying of the word could not take the place of the absence of worship. And I started praising and I started praising and I, redirected my attention and my time to it. And I tell you, within a week, every bit of that had changed. In a week. Because when you pray, you lay hold of things. But when you praise, you win battles. Amen. Well, we've been teaching out of my book called Worship, and we want you to get your copy of it. You can go to our website at deframeministries.org. Let them know that you want your copy, and we'll get that out to you. And until next time that we see you, remember this. Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. We will never receive from God beyond the measure of our response. 
In this book by Nancy Dufresne, she instructs us how to properly respond to God and the moving of His Spirit. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.